throughout the week talking about how we come from different places and we have invisible and visible identities um, that make us who we are. But because of those things, we're going to be judged on one way or another because we have disadvantages, but we also have advantages. Everyone has both. Hey, what's up? Thank you for tuning in to Positive AF Podcast. I'm your host, Des DaCosta, and today I'm talking to yet another mover and shaker in our community as an activist, educator, and DJ artist. She is also one of my closest friends, and this is a conversation I've been excited to have for a very long time. We talk about her journey as a creative, as an artist, along with her work to support the representation of women. So listen to why she believes it's important to create more than you consume. All of this and more on this episode starting right now. Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Positive AF Podcast. As you can see, I have a very special guest here today and we're here in Sedona, the beautiful Sedona in Arizona for our friend Ray Grillo's birthday. Ow! So there's a lot to celebrate right now. I have here Mo Turbin, aka DJ Mojito, a local Las Vegas DJ, educator, activist, and so much more. All right, we're going to get into her story and figure out exactly what she's doing in our community to make such an impact. Mo, welcome to Positive AF. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. You know, it's been a long time coming, seeing the podcast start from the very beginning. Um, it's a pleasure to be here. Mm-hmm. And it is nice to be here in beautiful Sedona. It's nice to change the scenery. Um, definitely a breath of fresh air. Dude, this has been such a long time coming. And I think it's just everything's come full circle, you know, um, a lot of changes and amazing strides in both of our lives I think for this episode to be so well timed and you know for those listening like Mo and I we go way back (laughs) honestly like um about 2015 yeah exactly so 2014 I moved to Las Vegas for school I went to school uh to get my bachelor's at Nevada State College got involved Mm -hmm. in student government And that's where Mo and I really made a connection. You know, there were a lot of things that we were aligned on as far as politics and and what we wanted to make a difference in in our communities. And so I think, you know, now fast forward, like what was that since 2015? So fast forward now, um, we've really come full circle. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna get all into that in just a minute. But Mo, I'd like to know, what are you grateful for right now? am I grateful for? And this is something that I think about on a daily basis. When I first wake up, I like to start the day with gratitude. Um, For one, I'm grateful that I'm able to, to be here, to be present, to be in good standing with my health, to be present, to be able to travel, um, to be able to walk. Um, I think about that on a daily basis, having those kinds of privileges. Um, My mental health is, is stable, you know what I mean? And I have the ability to manage that. Um, and of course, the people around me, um, I'm always thinking about those people that have gotten me here. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that piece of gratitude. It's almost like a little prayer to kick us off to really why we're here. And, you know, I really want to dig into that a little bit more. Like, who are you? Who is DJ Mojito? Who's the person behind the name, behind the stage? Like, where does your story start? And, you know, I know that's a loaded question, but let's just get right into it. Okay, definitely. Yeah. Um, I would say uh, 
it's kind of a quote that I, I've been kind of frequently using that I might just have to coin later, but I tell people I'm a teacher first and a DJ second. And what that means is I literally am a teacher. I studied at Nevada State College with Des um, to become a teacher here in Clark County um, in Nevada. And I studied uh, special education and elementary education. And during my degree, while I was working at NSC, I started substitute teaching in CCSD. At the time, I was also taking um, American Sign Language classes, and I was promoting the Deaf Studies minor on campus that we had just gotten and trying to get students excited about the major, um, trying to get students to advocate for that so that our school could fund it. And so all these things were kind of culminating at the same time I was working, going to school. And um, I started substitute teaching. I did that since 2017. I've been substitute teaching. So I've worked all around the state of Nevada, um, every grade from like pre-K, even early childhood, students with special needs, all the way up to high school. And um, that's kind of where it starts for me. Um, education is, is very important. It is the only thing someone can't take away from you mm -hmm. at the end of the day. And um, it's, it's always been a priority for me. Like since I was eight years old, I remember having a very distinct memory of thinking about Harvard, like Stanford when I was eight years old. So mm -hmm. always had that, that, that drive and that motivation and that, that passion for education. So that's, that's first, mm -hmm. um, educating our youth and, and guiding them um, so that there is something for them when we leave this earth behind, you know, that there's, you know, something for them to do and something for them to go on and build on. So that's very important to me, but music is my second passion and music has been um, a part of my life for a very long time since elementary school. Wow. Did you, so it sounds like you pretty much <clears throat> always knew that you wanted to be an educator because of how education and learning has really allowed you to propel your life in a certain direction. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I definitely see the difference and the quality of life, mm. um, even in family members of my own who are not educated, formally educated like myself. Yeah. And I, I saw that from a very early age, like how different it is for you when you don't have, uh, you know, a formal education and how much harder it can make things for you in, in navigating this world. So I made that, that conscious decision um, from the very beginning that school was going to be the, the first thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's super important i mean like so you're hitting a lot of different angles here you are educating the youth um you know you're you're helping inspire people by putting your creativity out there as a dj as a music artist so when did it start for you that passion for music i would say it started in fifth grade um i've always had a good time in school i've always enjoyed school and i really loved reading and writing and when I wasn't reading, I felt like I was writing. And the writing first, it just kind of was just doodles, whatever. Then it turned into stories. Then it turned into poetry, like poetry that actually like rhymed and had like thought to it. And, and then I started coming up with songs and like writing them down. And I just had melodies in my head. You know, I had no form of, no idea of musical theory or instrumentation or anything like that. You know, we were playing mm -hmm. the recorder when I was in fifth grade in music yeah. class, you know, that's what I had, but <clears throat> I definitely had jingles in my head. Definitely was singing in the shower all the time. And I was writing songs about things that were really going on with me. Right. Um, and at the time I was just starting to think about my sexuality and I had no idea how to even 
you know, define that at all. But I knew that I was attracted to the same gender for sure. And I was writing about that. And I, that was the only time I felt comfortable really exploring those thoughts because I, I knew there was just no way it was possible for me to have those conversations with other people. As young as I was, I just knew people weren't going to get it. Yeah. So I wrote for a long time. That was kind of my saving grace. That was your outlet to understand exactly. who you were. And then now at this point, after you've figured out like exactly who it is that you are, now you're using it to inspire others to basically find themselves as well. Absolutely. I'd say that's, Absolutely. you know, and that's, more so why school is important Mm -hmm. because I understand school is not for everybody. Not everybody is meant to learn in a, in a typical classroom in America, at least, you know what I mean? Our, the school is structured, you know, and it's made to, to fit most, but it does not fit all, you know? And unfortunately um, there is still a lot of work to do. And that's another reason why I wanted to be a part of of the education system so that I could influence. I've been here in Vegas for almost 17, 18 years, you know? I would like to see the education system get better for our children, especially, you know, the children around me that are growing up around me. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something very important to me to help students find what they love. They might not love school, you know what I mean? But to get a student to continue coming to class, to understand that they need to learn how to motivate themselves and just keep pushing them, keep checking on them, you know, keep showing them different things, keep exposing them to different things so they can eventually find something that fits them and then keep going. Yeah. Yeah. I realize how that reflects in your music as well. Um, I know that a lot of the music that you put out is not only um, creative in your own terms. So it's like you are putting yourself 100% in every single track, but you're also using it as a segue, as a means to represent women Mm -hmm. and women of color, especially. And so, you know, can you talk a little bit more about that and how you've been influenced and and inspired to create in that direction? Absolutely. Um, I definitely can't talk about that without talking about my journey with electronic music. And I I first found it when I was maybe 15, 16 years old. And I only knew of really dubstep at the time. I first found dubstep. And then I listened to um, a little bit of like big room house. And so I had like some concept of house music. And excuse me, I just listened to that all throughout high school. And then in college um, is when I really, I went to my first EDM festival in Arizona, which is crazy, right? Um, gold rush 2017. And that kind of just blew my world, like wide open, like all these artists that not only like I had been listening to for a while, never seen them live, never had that experience live, had been to life is beautiful, but it's Mm -hmm. just, it's not the same because the culture there's, you know, there's no raver culture at life is beautiful. It's just, you know, everybody, you know, and so After that experience, as soon as I came back from that festival, I was determined to dive deep into whatever I could that could get me like as close to that experience as possible. So that's when I dived into the underground, really, you know, researching different local DJs and local events, like, you know, very small events, hole in the wall type things, you know, need to talk to somebody else to talk to somebody else to text someone to find out about this kind of Mm -hmm. thing. And I really enjoyed, you know, the music and the the raw energy, the genuine vibes, the people there and seeing so many different producers in Vegas um, who are representing the same city as me, who are also putting themselves out there 
and, and trying to get somewhere, you know yeah. what I mean? So that kind of sparked it when I went to gold rush. And that's when I started producing music electronically. Now, up until that point, I was making music. I made two albums in mm-hmm. high school um, with my guitar. I played the guitar f- for several years. I learned how to play guitar in school. So then I was finally able to put like lyrics, written lyrics together with actual sounds and put those two together. And um, then in 2018, that's when I started making music on my, on my computer. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's very interesting because a lot of people they're thinking because I'm now DJing um, that the music thing is new for me. But it's really, I would say the DJing is probably the most recent, but I've had like this plan to become DJ Mojito since 2018, like since I came back from that festival. Mm -hmm. So, and I'm inspired by so many amazing artists. Um, Rez is definitely a big one for me, um, specifically in EDM, because her work ethic, her consistency and, and she shows people like, I'm just a regular person. I was just working hard. And just a few years ago, I was at the same festival, you know, in the crowd with you guys, you know, like she is not trying to, to be this godly figure. You know what I mean? She understands that there were people here before her and that she needs to pay homage and you know what I mean? But she has a very unique sound and she's okay with having a very specific audience. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? She's not trying to grab the whole world. You know what I mean? She's not trying to be mainstream, so to speak. And I really respect a lot about a lot about her artistry and just the way that she, she moves in the music industry. Mm-hmm. Wow. What would you say then is the biggest challenge that you face as a creator or as a DJ or as an educator, just anything that comes to mind with that question? Honestly, there are, obviously there's just, you know, there's barriers in life, but I feel like anything, I can withstand anything. I can, I'm capable of getting through anything. You know, the biggest issue I would say is money. Money mm-hmm. always seems to come up, there's never enough. Yeah. And so obviously I, I'm, you know, motivi- motivated by, just, you know, achieving goals for myself, but I do want to get to a point where I don't have to worry about money, where Mm -hmm. I'm not focused on it, where I can, you know, easily think of abundance and, you know, manifest that for myself, you know, a lot quicker and, and not have to stress about that. And that was one of the main reasons why I told myself like college was a must, because that was the only way that I saw a direct out. Yeah. I know there's other ways, you know, to succeed, to get to success. Absolutely. But that was the way that I saw. And I was like, I, I don't want to be poor forever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's a big one. I'm sure like I can only imagine and relate myself. Obviously, you know, everything one way or another does tie back to you need money to survive. So especially as an artist, as a creative, it is hindering when you have that thing in the back of your mind that requires some cash flow yeah. and you're trying to create and let that creative juices flow. I get that 100%. So like DJ Mojito, the name, Mm -hmm. was that always the DJ name that you wanted or how did that come to be? (laughs) So I was with my friend, um, Yene at the time, we were at Firefly on Paradise here in Vegas. And they have a, I'm not sure if they have it now, but they have a great happy hour. They had a great happy hour at the time. And they would serve pitchers of mojitos in different flavors for about, I think they were $18 during happy hour. And like, I'm talking like 
like a nice picture, you know, pass it on the table, but yeah. it was just me and her. And so um, evidently, you know, we got pretty, pretty faded and uh, we were just chilling, enjoying happy hour, riding it out to the very end. And she just said it. She was just like, I think your DJ name should be DJ Mojito. And I was like, I'm going to write that, that down so because I do not want to be too drunk to forget this. <laughs> and I wrote it down and I remember like, yeah, I'll put my name in it first and I remember I immediately had started thinking about the logo even though the logo hadn't even been made till like mm-hmm. two years later after that yeah but I could immediately see the logo and the straw for the eye like it just came together so perfectly and then she said or how about mimosa and I was like now nah, mojito hits you know what I mean yeah. mojito hits no, like because I mean, your name is mo right so, right like, right it like, only made sense mimosa was a low force and, and you're more likely to see me with a mojito than a mimosa exactly isn't your favorite drink of yes, mojito it is yeah. the, and just an original like the I try other flavors when I go to bars and they have other flavors but original mojito will hit just fine <laughs> all right let's talk about what you have going on like what's up with you right now like what's something that you've been working on that you are super proud of that people can go hit you up about? So one thing that I'm very proud of is the fact that I'm going to be working with uh, Nevada Education for Women's Leadership yet again. And this is a program that's at UNLV. It's for women. Um, It was designed for them. It's supported by the university. And it is a conference that happens for women on an annual basis. Now, before COVID, it was happening on UNLV's campus. And basically, 25 women who are in higher education all around the state of Nevada, whether they're from Reno or CSN or Nevada State or whatever, um, can basically apply for this program. And if they're accepted, um, they get to go to UNLV's campus for a week, stay there in the dorms. And there is programming day by day. And it all focuses on basically empowering women to become the leaders that we know that they can be. Um, especially because they're already in college, helping them get to that next step after, you know, they graduate, you know, um, getting women, more women in the door, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So they can even get the chance to be a part of the conversation and also getting a bunch of different women together from different fields who might be isolated in their fields, especially if they are male dominated, like the STEM field, for example. So every day there was a different theme to that week. So for example, women in leadership, as far as business, women in politics, women in science, you know, women in music, so on and so forth. And these young, you know, these young female leaders who are in college, probably freshmen, sophomore, juniors in college, trying to figure themselves out where they're going to go they get a chance to meet real women business leaders in Vegas or from you know around the country to get in a chance to talk to them, tell them their story, how they made it, the obstacles they did have to face, whether it's because they were a woman or not and how they were able to do that and still you know have their business and whatever it was or become a leader in whatever they were. Um, so, you know, they get to do a Q and A with them, talk with them. They also get business cards Mm -hmm. that new leadership provides for them, helps them with their networking skills. Mm -hmm. So they can take that, you know, from that experience and go transfer that to their daily lives when they're interviewing for internships and things like that. And then they also get a chance to bond. And, and that's where I come in now. I went through the program in 2015 as a participant and I really appreciated um, the support system, you know, that female support system. Yeah. Um, because not only do you not always see a bunch of women 
you know, in the spaces that you're in, depending on where you're at, but you always, you don't always see women supporting other women and making that a big deal, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And making that normal. And so that was the culture from day one, setting up safe space rules, um, making sure that we're all on the same page. And in the midst of that, you're also being educated um, by professors on campus, you know, be in, in different um, aspects. You get to learn about women's history and the women's rights movements and, and what feminism means and what, it, you know, where it comes from mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. And so there's just a lot that happens. I serve as what's called a faculty in residence. So now I get a chance to mentor the students who are coming in every faculty and residence has a group that they stay with all throughout the week. And um, when they're outside of these workshops and different things and activities that they're doing with the group, they pull back with their small group and meet with their mentor and kind of unpack the day. You know, these might be concepts that they've never heard of before. Maybe they've never talked about feminism and what that means for them, or if they identify with that. Um, I usually myself do um, a workshop on intersectionality throughout the week talking about how we come from different places and we have invisible and visible identities um, that make us who we are. But mm-hmm. because of those things, we're going to be judged on one way or another because mm-hmm. we have disadvantages, but we also have advantages. Everyone has both. And so um, just kind of unpacking all that, you know, for some people, especially in the hard sciences, um, talking about a lot of psychological things and things with the mind and gender, things that are more fluid and, um, you know, things that you can't put your, put your finger on. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people kind of have a hard time talking about privilege for the first time and, and racism if, you know, they're not used to being in those spaces where that's, it's comfortable to talk about those things. Yeah. So we make that comfortable and we create that space for the women to do that. And then we make sure that we have programming after the conference is over to keep people in touch, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and keep people connected. That is so fantastic and powerful. Like, Seriously, I think that that's one of the most impactful programs that we have for women in Las Vegas and, and for women who, is, who are still trying to explore um, and navigate the world and you know what's going on. And I think you guys hit the nail on the head in a lot of different ways. And the workshop that you do, I think is really important too, because like you said, sometimes we don't have this dialogue. This is mm-hmm. not stuff that we um, no off the bat this is yeah. not stuff that our parents t- teach us mm-hmm. neither have this has a school system and so having these really hard but broken down and safe space mm-hmm. conversations so important honestly and and twofold to that is if you are not used to networking if you're not mm-hmm. used to those environments like you know, how are you going to know how to show up and what the mannerisms are and what the accepted things are if if you've never really done it before, yeah, you know? So I think the work you guys are doing is amazing. And how many years have you been doing this? So I started, I was a participant in 2015. Mm-hmm. And ever since then, except for one year, I came back and worked as a faculty in residence. So nice. about, excuse me, five years, about six years. Yeah, five, yeah. six years. That is, that is substantial. That's awesome, man. Absolutely. Wow. So, all right. Let, I want to talk more about like, you know, you and because honestly, Mo, you're seriously like one of the most resilient people I know. <laughs> like you, I, every single day you, whenever I see you super positive, 
Positive AF. Don't let positive AF. You never (laughs) really let anything get to you. And for me, like that's so rare, you know, there's so much about life that we can get down on. And that's one of the key things that I love about you. And that is what makes you such a strong human being. And I want to know what's your secret, man. Like, <laughs> how do you do it? Like, how do you stay positive? I, so I really appreciate it. I really appreciate you noticing that. Um, I definitely take great pride in it. It's, um, I, I will say as the years have gone on, uh, it, it is a matter of just caring less. It's about focusing on the bigger picture. Um, oftentimes it's easy for us to get hung up, especially, you know, things aren't going our way. Um, I've noticed that things just get worse if you get yourself worked up, if you allow yourself to complain and be bitter about it and, you know, and then you project that onto other people, that energy, and they feel that, and, you know, you just, you bring rooms down with that kind of energy and, you know, it's not, it's not going to get you anywhere, you know, except just in this vicious circle. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just, I tend to focus on things that I can, that I can change. Like I, I, I won't let myself get worked up about something that has nothing to do with me or something that like I have no control of like I have to focus on my sphere you know what I mean especially and that's definitely something I really had to hone in on during the pandemic because you know there was so much on social media with you know black people getting killed and then people over here getting deported and then people you know the election is happening and then people are sick over here and you know what I mean there's all this isolation going on the suicide rates are up like all these things are happening. Like you have to pull back, like you have to know when to pull back and like shield yourself from Mm -hmm. all that. Like you have to be able to put a cap on it. Like this is too much. I'm being too influenced. You know what I mean? Too much is coming in my direction and you either have to like shut it down or, you know, basically like you have to pick and choose. Like I got to the point where I was just kind of scrolling past or just getting off social media altogether and I would refocus myself. So um, something that I think about is that you have to create more than you consume. So, you know, when I realize I'm getting caught up on Instagram, like I'm just on people's stories for whatever reason, like for what, you know what I mean? Like I could be working on music. I could be finishing a song. I could be practicing for a set. Mm -hmm. You know, I could be doing more productive things with my time. And so that's what really what it comes down to. If things aren't working out, like for example, if you want something and it's not happening, I usually think to myself, it's not time yet. So I do believe that everything happens for a reason and you know, things will happen in due time. And that's why I didn't rush my music career. Um, I know just from watching other DJs and, and just learning, you know, different things that longevity is everything. And so it's about consistency. And to me, like, it doesn't matter if you, it's about not being stagnant. That's what it's about. Mm-hmm. It's about always moving forward, always trying to do something, not getting stuck on the same things, the same negativity, because that's what negativity does. It just kind of latches on, you know? Yeah. And you can't get caught up in the cycle of negativity. It's just not, it's just not going to be healthy. It's that 1% better everyday mentality. It's mm-hmm. that like, you know, you're going to have good days and, and bad days, but it's like, how do you move forward from that? I definitely realize that. And, and notes too, that like when you have bad days, it's definitely what, what are you going to do about it? 
Like you're going to have a second bad day <laughs> yeah. or you're going <laughs> to, you're going to try and make it better. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's and you just, you know, nice. you got to focus on like, you know, the things that obviously you enjoy, as, yeah. especially in those moments, like take a moment to breathe. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely sometimes need to force myself to sit down to relax because I do work a lot and I enjoy working. And so sometimes, you know, I just kind of, I'm on autopilot because yeah. I'm just used to it, but we, especially as women do need to sit down. We do a lot more than we realize and a lot more than we celebrate ourselves mm-hmm. for. And so sitting down and really focusing on also rewarding ourselves, you know, after all the hard work and taking care of, of everybody and all that, that emotional energy that we exert when we're, you know, trying to help people and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. If there's one piece of advice that you could give to your say 15 year old self you know like let's think back to 15 year old mo okay what is the one key thing you would tell that person you know it's tough because i was playing the guitar i was taking my guitar to school i didn't have a problem with like the whole stage fright idea. I was getting myself in front of people on purpose, even though like I wasn't fully confident with the guitar. Um, I was recording myself, even though it sounded terrible. You know, some producers say like, just get your music out there, like just put it out. You know what I mean? Like you never know what'll happen. And we still have like a digital portfolio to show like the timeline of how long you actually have been working on music. Um, but I think I would have told myself to really talk to someone who was in it at that time. Then I was just doing it. I just jumped into it. And I wasn't like, I was taking it seriously, but I wasn't thinking like, I'm going to go talk to an agent or I'm going to go do an audition or anything. Like, I was just like, I am going to work on this music. I am going to write this music and, and make this music and practice these chords and this and that. And that was very important to me. But I think I would have told myself like, get into a real studio, like Mm -hmm. talk to an engineer, like, you know what I mean? Like, talk to someone who was actually in the music industry yeah. at that time. And maybe I could have just been doing even more mm-hmm. to prep. Like get a mentor. Then. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah. And so in whatever you might be thinking about or pursuing or exploring, probably getting a mentor mm-hmm. is, is smart. I, I'd say the same thing. For, just networking in general, really yeah. just talking to people in that area, you know, mm-hmm. getting as many um, pieces of advice as you can about mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. I agree. So I need to know what is your favorite song that you've produced? (laughs) You know, it is tough, especially now having made the Mad Madhouse. How many albums do you have so far? At this point, four. Okay. Four. Two of them you will not find on in the world. Um, I would have to like share them with you yeah, yeah. at this point because they were like way back in high school like I said shitty recordings I put them up on this website and now the website doesn't even exist anymore Got so it. luckily I have those files from way back when but yeah. that's funny um, I would say favorite song is during the quarantine mm. like I love playing that song it, I literally made it during the quarantine like at the very beginning and I was trying to give people hope you know what I mean like mm. I know we're in the house. I know it looks bleak. I know like this isn't what we're used to, but you know, it always rains before the rainbow. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not like we can't live like this forever. This is not sustainable. There's no way this is going to be forever. You know what I mean? I don't know how long it's going to be, but I'm just going to ride it out. Like I said, focus on what I can. I focused on my music, the entire quarantine. The music is probably what got me through like subconsciously. 
And so I made that song to, you know, to play and to share with people, um, to let them know, like, you can still have a good time, you know, even in your house, you know what I mean? We just have to be a little bit more creative now. And that's okay because we can now, when things do go back to normal or more normal way of life, we can kind of mold the two lives together and do more things in the house together with our families, not going out or going outdoors instead of going to, you know, the movies or something in the city. So I think like that song is probably my favorite to play. Um, And yeah, I just had such a fun time making it. The music video, I had a really good time making it. And I just kind of wanted to let people know, like, you don't have to like, let this destroy you. It doesn't have to stop you from being you or doing the things that you love, Mm -hmm. which is what I'm doing. So I'm trying to, you know, lead by example. It is possible to still, you know, be uplifted and and be positive during this time. You know, it's not, it's not all bad. Mm -hmm. Man, I think that's the perfect end to a great conversation. (laughs) I, I honestly, that was beautiful. And if you have not heard DJ Mojito yet, go ahead and especially check out that one song that During she just the mentioned. Absolutely. Check it out on my SoundCloud, DJ M-O-E-E-J-I-T-O. Where else can they find you and connect with you? They can find me on Mixcloud as well, Instagram, Facebook. Like I said, DJ Mojito, same spelling. I'm always on those, those main platforms. Mo, you've been one of my lifelong longest friends. Thank you so much for chatting with me and and really holding space. I really appreciate you. Yeah, man, it's been been great. And I love you so much. I love you too, man. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much for lending me your time today. If you found a moment of Zen through this episode, I kindly ask that you leave a review on iTunes so that this message might reach more people. For daily positivity and to join a community of awesome humans, follow us on Instagram at ThePositiveAF.